I'm going to ask you tonight to turn to the book of Daniel. Turn to the book of Daniel. Uh, so I appreciate all you guys playing for me this, this morning. We we uh, we preached over in uh, Seymour this morning. I had a great time. Uh, God was with us. He, he blessed for sure. And uh, wh- what we have here at Walridge, guys, this is we're blessed. God has blessed this church. Don't take it for granted. Don't keep praying for each other. Pray for this church. We are blessed to be here, to have each other, and just to, to be here to worship God. Just just don't take it for granted. I don't. I love it. I love it. But thank you for praying for us. We're here tonight. And by God's help, and <laughs> I'll get through this message. And uh, I really believe he's giving this message for tonight. I uh, I had a lot of messages I was working on and just preparing my heart for. But this one really stuck out to me. And this one is what God has laid on my heart to give to you tonight. It's been a blessing to me. And uh, the book of Daniel, I just I love Daniel. I love the story of Daniel. He is He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He's like right along with Joseph and Paul. But... Joseph and Daniel have something in common. They were young when they got uh, taken up into captivity, uh, sold off into slavery. And Daniel, um, he's he's about 16, 18 years Some preachers say he's 16 years old. He's just a, a child. I mean, this kid is going through all these things, and I, I, I couldn't do it. There's no way. You go through all these things he went through and stand for the word of God, to stand for the truth, and to faithfully serve God. What a strength and what an encouragement, the life of Daniel. I love this story. I love to preach it. That's one of the good things about being a preacher. All these stories you heard your entire life, I get to preach them now. I get to preach them now. It's not because of me, nothing I've done. It's all because of God, what he's done for me. So if you're able to stand, I'm happy to stand this, this evening. And we're going to read the entire chapter of chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, start reading in verse 1, read the entire chapter. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessel of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure of the house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed of, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and, all, and knowledge and understanding and science, and as such as had ability to them to stand in the king's palace, and of whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, and Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and unto, and, unto the, and unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel to favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse, liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to this matter and proved them ten days. 
And at the end of the ten days, their countenance appeared fair and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Then Melzar took away the portion of the meat and the wine that he should drink and gave them pulse. He saw. He saw God in their lives. And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before the Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none, like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all the matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers, and that were in his realm. And Daniel continued even at the first year of King Cyrus. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be in your house tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God and the chance to be here to preach your, your word. We thank you, God, for the, the people who have come out tonight to hear and to serve you and to worship you tonight, Lord. We're here for a reason. You've called us, Lord. You saved us, and we're here to worship you and give you honor and glory, God. I thank you for the word, for the story of Daniel. Help me, Lord, to be obedient to you tonight. May I say nothing to hinder the spirit, but Lord, you bless my, 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 my mind. My, give me clarity, Lord. Bless my words. And may you use it, Lord, to uh, help, strengthen, encourage, convict hearts, Lord. Uh, you've convicted my heart this story, and I want to be better and pur- purpose myself, Lord, for you to serve you, Lord. Uh, touch us now tonight. Uh, be with us. And may everything we say magnify and honor your son. We thank you, Lord, for his blood. We thank you for saving me, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sins. And, Lord, we thank you one day, as we always say here at this church, one day you'll come back and call us on. We thank you for that promise, Lord. We love you. We thank you for loving us. We ask you all these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for standing and be seated. So what we see here is uh, Daniel, uh, story of Daniel. Man, what is I love, I love his faithfulness. I love his strength. I love his courage. And I love that no matter what was going on around him, he stuck with it, you know. As a young boy, uh, 16 years old, 18 years old in that, in that frame, I, I didn't know much of anything. thought I knew a lot and didn't know anything. And here's Daniel, 16. Daniel's just like us. He's human. He's flesh. All the same. A lot of times we see people, I do it myself, I see people in the Bible and the way that God used them, and you think, oh, this is some superhero. Man, he's flesh, you know? But what separated Daniel from these men? God. He had God with him. God blessed his life, and God showed him. God used him. So tonight, my message, uh, I do have about four papers, so could be long, could be short. Don't know. We'll see. But I just want to mind God tonight. And my, my message is going to be purposing for the cause. Purposing for the cause. And in Daniel's life, he had lots of reasons to give up. Lots of opportunities to quit. Throw in the towel. Say, you know what? I'm done. This is too hard. I just want to quit. He would not have been blamed for it. You see his life. You see what he's going through. It's like, you have every right to give up, buddy. But he didn't. He stuck with it. So what is the cause? In this? What I see the cause is, is to live a godly life. To not defile yourself. No matter what's going on, don't defile, don't let the world defile us for serving and loving God, to live in godly life. It's not what we want in our life. It's what God wants. If Daniel had his way, he'd probably stayed in uh, where he was and didn't get captured and stayed there and grew a happy life, had a wife, had kids, and, you know, been blessed and been happy. Daniel didn't want to go into captivity. He didn't want to go into slavery. But he did. We're going to give, we're going to give situations in our life that we won't want. Problems, trials, we won't want those. But God would use those if we trust him to use us. If we trust him to use us. So, Daniel, the word, his, his name means my judge. God is my judge. God is my judge. We see how judge, God has judged the people of Israel. We'll get there, how we got there in a minute. 
So we see his young man, he was taken from his, his, his homeland, taken in slavery. The king of Babylon has just killed his entire family, taken him captive. And from what the scripture tells us, he can no longer have kids anymore. He cannot be married. That's what the scripture tells us. So that's a good enough reason to say, hey, I, I'm done. You know, I, I was served God. I, I was living right. But then, for some reason, this has happened to me. He was brought into captivity to be a servant to the guy who just saw his whole family. To think to that, no, his entire next 70 years of his life is going to be to serve a man who just killed his whole family. I couldn't imagine doing that as a young kid, having my whole family destroyed, or killed, brought in slavery. And then I knew for, for the fact that for the next seven years, I was going to have to serve this man. That would have been hard. Very hard. Right. Easy time to give up. How do we get here? Satan Kings chapter 20. You don't have to turn. I'm going to read Satan Kings chapter 20. And, and uh, basically, Hezekiah was sick. Uh, the son of ba- the king of Babylon wrote him some letters, and apparently it softened his heart. And so he wanted all of them to come in and see what he had. He wanted to see his house, all his treasures, all his gold. So he lets them in. And Isaiah comes to Hezekiah. He says there in verse 16. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold the days that all is, not, that all is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store to this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that thou shalt, and of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in this palace of the king of Babylon. Because of Daniel's fathers, because of what they did, the sins they committed, Daniel was the one that was suffering. Hezekiah even says, "You know what? Good is thy word. You know it's all fine and dandy. I'm, I'll be blessed. I'm, I'll be." Gone soon. My life is okay. But he didn't care about the people after him. Look at this. Look at what's going on today. We have many families being broken up because moms and dads, grandparents and grandmas didn't care about what's coming up next. What's after them. They don't see what's coming down the line. Our grandchildren. The care is a very small word. But you look at around this world, how many times you see someone caring for somebody else, you know? It's a hard thing to see, but it happened in Daniel's days. Daniel's living in worse days than we are. He's in, he's in slavery. America, we are, of course, it is going down. But I was telling my wife the other day, I ate, I paid my bills, I drove my car, I wear clothes, I'm healthy, I make money, I have a job. I'm not suffering. It might be bad, but I'm not suffering. I'm not in slavery to a man who just killed my entire family. I have no reason to quit serving God. I have everything to look forward to because I know my promise is that he's coming back. That's what I know. And Daniel knows from the scriptures that he has 70 years, 70 years to serve this king. What is the next 70 years going to be like? Is it going to be, you know, 70 years? I'll just, I'll fit in. I'll go with the crowd and I'll do my own thing. Or... As we see in the story, get ahead of myself, I tend to do that. He purposes himself in his heart to serve God. We know what's coming up. We know God's coming back. We know we have a better promise, a better day to look forward to. We don't know what the next 70 years are going to be like, the next 100 years. It could be tomorrow. It could be a 1,000 years. A day to God is a 1,000 years to a day to God, a 1,000 years to us, yes. So <laughs> should be short, could be long. We don't know. What we do know is that he's on the throne. He's coming back. And we have the purpose in our heart to serve and live for God. So because of his father's, Daniel's facing the judge of God. He's been in captivity now. 
And the fire you see here, it could have stopped at Daniel. Daniel could have stopped serving God this day. My message to us today is your parents went to church. You went to church. Hopefully your kids go to church. Will their kids go to church? Or will the fire be put out with you at your line? Will you stop the torch? Will you stop going to church, stop reading the Bible? I saw this illustration uh, the other day, and it's, it really uh, hit home. Uh, basically, I'll read it to you. Grandparents, this is what it says. Grandparents, we used to attend six-week tent revivals, seven nights a week. Then parents, we used to attend Sunday through Wednesday revivals at our church. Then us, our generation. We used to attend church occasionally on Sunday mornings. Our children. We used to attend church on Mother's Day, Christmas, and Easter. Our grandchildren. What's church? We're there. We're there. Um, people know the name God. People know Jesus. They know the name. But if you go to a park, if you go somewhere and ask a kid, do you know who Jesus is? I guarantee it, they will not know his name. They'll not know what he did for them. They'll not know the Bible. They, they see these buildings. We're, we're blessed in this, in this, in the state, in the south, uh, with churches everywhere. They see the buildings. Some might think it's a school. Some might think it's an office, part of the uh, utilities. I don't know. They don't know it's a church, though, because it stopped somewhere. That torch stopped somewhere. Someone quit telling the kids about God. Someone quit family altar. Someone quit reading the word of God. Someone quit praying. This is a small example, but someone quit praying and blessing the food they ate every single night. Amen. They got at the table. They're at late dinner. They dive right in. Right. No prayer is blessed. That right there, we don't think it's a big thing, you know. Oh God, don't bless this food. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, kids see that. Kids see that. Young kids see that. They see that. You know what? Prayer is not that important. Why do I need to pray? When we when we take shortcuts and don't pray, kids in our church, we have many kids in this church. They see that. Yeah. They will say, okay, you know what? Mom and Dad said pray is that big deal. When we skip church Wednesday night, Sunday night, you know what? I'm not feeling good. They're sitting there, we're watching TV on Sunday night. Kids are like, you know what? Mom and Dad says it's not a big deal. I don't need to go to church. When when the mom and dads pass away, the kids are teenagers in college years. You know what? You know, mom and dad used to skip church. Maybe I just I can yeah I'll skip church. We I have I'm blessed with my mom and dad. They're amazing. I I'm gonna talk them up a little bit because they're here. <laughs> but they raised us in a God fearing home, and I praise the Lord for that. I knew that church was right. I knew there was no shortcuts. No church was right. You went to church and then you lived your life. God was first. Nowadays, it's money, it's food, it's pleasures, it's travel. And then, then maybe on Christmas and Easter, we'll go to church. We'll we'll see what God has for us. Don't let the torch, that's my first point. Don't let the torch stop with us. Keep the fire burning. Keep Keep it lit. In your home, Brother Kerry preached a few weeks ago about the Bible in the home. And where is your Bible? You know, is it a nightstand? Is it on your table? Is it being read? Where is your Bible? That, that message, uh, he, uh, we, we remember that Sunday morning. He was on fire. You know, I, I appreciate that, that message he preached to us. But it's true. It's true. Where is the Bible? Yeah. So don't let the, the, the flame start with us. That's my first point. I have many points, so just. <laughs> All right. So looking at Daniel, Daniel here, um, we kind of touched on a little bit. He has 70 years coming up captivity. We know that. Uh, he believed and trusted in God that he had the 70 years. So there's no shortcuts. God said 70 years. Daniel knew it was 70 years. There was no end date. That's it. He looked around, and he had three other men with him. 
How great is it to have men and women with you serving God? Yeah, it's, 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 it's great to be alone to pray to God and just meditate and study His Word. But that's why we meet. That's why we meet together. Because if we meet together and worship God in number, where two or three gather in the midst of Him, there will He be also. That right there. Daniel is not by himself. He has three other men with him. Three other men with him. I like to think that Daniel would still purpose his heart to still serve God, even if the men, sorry, walked away, even if the men were to, um, not be there with him. I like to think Daniel would have purposed his heart to still do it. But he still had three other guys doing the same thing. And I believe that Daniel was the leader of this group. I believe Daniel saw him and they followed along with him. He led as an example. He's like, you know what? Daniel, he's doing this. We should, we should all stay with him, guys. We stay together. Stay together. Stay strong. What I mean by that is, Encouragement for each other. Pray for each other. Fellowship like this. You know, yes, we are, we are here to see each other and have a good time, you know, cause we like to fellowship and, you know, see each other's faces. At the end of the day, it's all about us. It's all about God. It's all about Him. Find the strength in Him, find the encouragement and live in a purpose in the heart to live for Him every single day. That's why we meet here today, to worship His name. So to the text verse now again, we've read it already, I'm ready to again cause it's so good. Uh, verse eight. But Daniel purpose in his heart, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the other prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. No matter what came down the road, Daniel was purposing that he was going to do what it took to serve and worship God. The Bible doesn't say that the food was defiled. The Bible says it's food and wine, beaten wine. Daniel didn't want to defile himself. He didn't want to take anything of this world that might, might hinder his worship to Christ. He wanted to make sure that whatever he took in was going to be holy and he would not defile himself to worship Christ. How much more should we today? The world's trying to feed us stuff every single day. The world's trying to give us things that we don't want. We see the bulletin boards, the radio commercials, the TV commercials, all these things. We go into Walmart. We go into any kind of store and there's stuff at I mean, Target. You saw the thing on Target. It's right there. It's throwing at our face. They want us to swallow. They want us to take this in. We, we purpose in our heart not to let these things into our heart, into our lives, into our homes. Because once it gets in your homes, if somehow it gets in your homes, just because you won't go on it and you won't eat it, who to say that someone else will? Your kid will see that thing in your home and say, you know what, that looks good. We don't want it, but they might want it. They might eat of it, and they might defile themselves. That right there is a huge reason why we shouldn't let anything in our homes that might affect others in our homes. Keeping our home holy. I want God to dwell in my home. I pray every day, God, please dwell in my home. Fill up my home, make your spirit normal at home, because my home is, he gave it to me. He blessed me with it. I want people to know that God is in my house, and God's presence is there, because I love him, and I want him in my heart. That's what I want in my home. He's blessed me more than I can deserve. So he purposes his heart, no matter what came, he was going to live for God. Uh, there's Daniel. I mean, again, we look at his life, and he's not hes not living at home anymore. He's not in a warm, familiar environment. Daniel is put out there in a rough, tough, brutal environment. We live in, a, like I said, we have seats that have pads on, air conditioning, we have nice cars, we have a nice home. We are living in a great time to be alive, to worship and lead people to Christ. Daniel is out of his comfort zone. He's in another country. He's in slavery. He does not have anybody around. His family just been killed. And here he is, purposing in his heart to live for God. He could have blamed others. He could have said, you know what? My fathers, they've sinned. They failed. I was living right. I was doing what I needed to do. But the people before me, they got me in this place. So what? I mean, I did my job. I don't have to do this anymore. It's fine. But he didn't. He's like, you know what? I'm going to live for the Lord. Man, I love it. I love it. So Daniel knows that he is, he's there because God said this day would come. 
the, the, he believed the scriptures. The scriptures told him that one day Babylon would carry out Israel and he would go into captivity. He knew this day was coming. So he didn't question God because he's there. He's there for a reason. He knew he was there for a reason. He didn't question it. How many times in our life has God put us somewhere? And the first thing we say is, why? Why am I here? Why did you do this to me? What is the point? <laughs> I'm flesh. That's what I say sometimes. It's like, why, why did this happen to me? What, what, what did I do to get me here? Maybe I did do something. Maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was people before me. God has a reason, though. We do very well if we didn't question why God put us in that situation. Instead, we trusted him, and we purposed in our heart to live for him. If we did that, he'll bless us for it. He'll bless us for it. So a lot of times this time, we, we, we put off things that the world try to give to us. They try to force down our throat. When we put it off, when we don't accept what they give to us, when we don't change the way we dress, we don't change the way we walk, we talk, we listen to their music, we don't, we don't do all those things. We don't watch the things they watch. We don't drink and go to places they go. When they see this, they think we're strange. They think, what, what is wrong with them, you know? <laughs> what is wrong with them? Nothing's wrong with us. <laughs> we're saved. We're born again. We're going to heaven. We have a Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Nothing's wrong with us. But they see that and they can't comprehend it. It doesn't make sense to them. So if God is pleased with my life and how I live, that is the only thing that I worry about. I'd rather have God pleased with my life, not have any friends, than have all the friends in the world and God not pleased with my life. That's my main purpose in life. If I want God to bless me, I have to make sure I purpose my heart to please Him. If I'm alone in this world, if I'm alone in this life, and I have nobody else around me, will I purpose in my heart to worship and serve God and follow God? It's a great question because I'm not faced with it yet. Like I said, I've been blessed with a great family. I have a great wife. I have great friends. I got a great church. I'm not alone. But if a day comes, and I'll let you guys, but I have a lot of friends who are, are uh, conspiracy theorists. I think Brother Toby's one of those. <laughs> uh, we always talk about how the future could be different. And like maybe one day, you know, things could happen. We get put in bond in slavery. Maybe. I don't know. God knows. It's all that matters. If that day was to come, would we purpose in our heart? To still serve God and live for God. Or will we cower down, fall down, and fit in and just go with the crowd and do what they say and do what they do? I don't know. I like to say I would. I like to say I would. But the only way I'll know is I have a purpose in my heart to live for Christ. I say that because it's very easy to fall. It's very easy to slip up. It's very easy to quit. We, we, don't, we don't think it happened to us, but it could. It could. We had that missionary, that, that prayer meeting one night with that missionary who, who's taken off the field because he quit work after 18 years, something like that. You don't just quit after that many years. Something has to happen. It always starts with something small. And once they let it, it'll grow. It'll fester and fester until the next thing you know, you're out. You're like, how did I get here? What was the starting point? Where did it start? Where did it begin? It began by not purposing in your heart to live for God. That's where it began. So Daniel, he didn't fuss that much that we know of. The Bible says he just requested of the eunuchs. He requested. A requested is a nice way of saying, hey, can I do this? He didn't go out there and say, you know what? I have to have this right here. I have to eat this. I have to drink this because I have to live right. He was in no place to make demands. He's a, he's a slave. He's in slavery. For all he know, he could have said this and the prince would be like, no, uh, we're just going to kill you. You know, you're, you're, a, you're, you're just, I'm going to cut you off. But he didn't. He requested, say, you know what? Let them do what they want. Let them live what they want to do. But let me not defile myself and not take of what they want to give me. Let me do that in my life. And so well, the, the prince, God gave him a favor with the prince, and he gave him these things. He gave him requests. When we're at work, 
Uh, I'm very blessed. I live in a one off one person office. It's me and my uh, my secretary, and I'm able to witness it with her every single day. So she's stuck there. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of people that are always talking, you know, bad or showing bad things or saying bad language, listening to bad music. I don't. I'm not around that. My office is just me and my patients. I don't have to face, you know, guys. Will you please turn it off. Will you please stop doing that because it's going to bother me. Your workforce could be different. You could have people who are cussing, who are drinking, who are smoking, doing whatever, who could listen to music, who are trying to be a bad influence on you, and they want you to participate in, th- in something, a, a crude joke, or like, hey, you want to come outside and do – no. Don't fit in. Don't fit in. Be an example. Purpose in your heart. Don't let those things in this world defile your, your, your holiness because we have to have that holiness in our heart to worship God because God is holy. If something defiled gets in us, it'll hinder us, hinder it, hinder it. So again, you want you want to cuss at them, you want to fuss at them, say, "Hey, you guys, you're going to hell for doing that. You got to do that." Okay? You can witness to them, but as Daniel did here, Daniel could have fussed at these guys, but instead he said, "I I request that you would just not make us do that. Just don't make us do that, and let us do our things so we don't defile ourselves." I encourage you all today that if you're facing a situation at work and something is, you know, hindering the spirit, don't be part of it. Just say, hey guys, you know, if you don't, if you don't mind, I'm gonna step out and go outside here. And some of us can't. Some of us have, we were stuck. Things going on. Praying for you. I'm sorry. You can't, sometimes you can't, you can't get around it. You can't leave it. You can't escape it. Just pray that God will give you strength. And maybe, maybe, uh, maybe God might, uh, may break a radio or something. Maybe God might throw a, a cast of stone and break a radio so the music goes away. You never know. God's a great God. <laughs> He's a great God. <clears throat> so, uh, moving on to verse number seven now. So I'll say all that just to, just to kind of build up the point of the message. It's Daniel. We love Daniel. It's the purpose in our heart. That's the main message. Now, the next three few points is just to show what could happen. In verse number seven here, it says, um, uh, Unto whom the prince of the units gave names, for he gave to Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Benshach, and to <clears throat> Azariah, Abednego. The first thing we see, and Brother Tobin said this many times, I think it was a few weeks ago. He preached his message. He made a good point. And I saw it, but it never really stuck out to me. But you notice the Holy Spirit never just calls these three, these four boys by their uh, the name that their unit gave them. The Holy Spirit calls them by the name that the Holy Spirit gave them. That's the name he calls them by. When the earth, when the earth, when the world sees us in our Christian life, the first thing they try to do is to change what we are and who we are. They try to change their name. They try to change the way we live. They try to change the, the music we listen to. They try to change our entertainment. They try to change all these things because that's what they know. That's what they do because they've been changed. Not everyone, everyone, we're all born sinners, but you don't, you're not born a murderer. It takes time to get there. You're developed. Sin corrupts your hearts. Sin leads to one thing after another. We're, they all get there somehow, some way. It's all by development and people leading them that way, in that way. When they see us, they want to change us. They want to force us to make us different. Because we are different. In a good way. We have Christ in our hearts. So don't let that little pleasure, little, little pleasure, I say that very cautiously, end for a season. Because we know sin, it can take us farther than we want to go, make us pay more than we want to pay. Sin always does that. It's, in the, it's always going to happen. They have that small pleasure for that little, little time. We have joy all the time. Every single day. When I read, when I pray, when I sing, God blesses me more than I can ever imagine. I wish I could tell you guys how much he blessed me, but I'm sure you all experienced as well. But he's so good. 
Why would I want anything else? He saved me from this world. Why would I want to go back to the things of this world? It doesn't make sense. And to them, it doesn't make sense. Hey, why, Zach, why won't you go with me down this place? Uh, I don't want to. It's not right. I would rather go to church. I'd rather go home and pray. I'd rather go home with my wife. I want to do these things. I don't want to be part of things of this world. Man. Daniel doesn't either. Daniel's like, you know what? I don't want what you want, what you, what you have. Please don't let me change. Let me live for my Lord. Let me do the things that I want to do to serve my holy God. That's what we should do. Don't let things change us. Uh, verse number, verse number five now. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and the new wine, and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Again, we go back to feeding. They're trying to feed us things. They're trying to get us to take things in our house, in our homes, in our bellies to fill up the emptiness. They have an emptiness. If you're saved tonight, man, we have no emptiness. We're filled. There is, Actually, it's bursting over sometimes. God will fill us up. His joy will burst over. We don't have the emptiness, but they don't understand that. So what is our job is to be that light. I say it many times. We all say it in this church. To be that light to this dying world, we say it not because we're just saying it. We say it because we mean it, because it's true, because we are the only light. Uh, this morning, I said this morning, I was preaching. Um, basically, we are the world's Bible, because the world, they hate this book. They hate everything of God. They want nothing to do with God. So the more we read, the more we study, the more we take in, hide that word in thy, in thy heart, that I might sing it's thee. They see the Bible through our life. Now, is our life being defiled? Is our life not the way it should? Do they see the Bible through us? Or do they see, oh, that's just another guy. That's just another person. He's no different than me. But we say we go to church every day. If you tell them you go to church every day and your life's the same as theirs, something's wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't let... Don't let what they want to give you force feed into your heart, into your homes. Feed yourself the word of God. Feed yourself in psalms and prayers. That is what we should be feeding our bellies with. That's the best tasting kind of feed. That is good. So Daniel says here, do not let me have any of these things. I'm defying myself because I want to live holy to my God. We should be the exact same way. Praising God, worshiping church, going to church. Testifying, witnessing, singing, praising, all those things are of God, and those things will bless your heart. I promise you, those things will bless your heart. If you want, if you want more of God, search for more. Search for more. Uh, my dad, I'm using an example here. He gave me a, uh, something one time. I was asking some questions, and he said something that will always stick with me. He said, one thing about God, he doesn't play hide and seek. You seek him, he'll be there. And I find that out to be true all the time. I seek him, there he is. Every single time, he's right there. So search for God. Let him fill you up. Let him fill you up. Be as Daniel. So we see all these things here. And the last, last few points I'll make to you guys is what Daniel did. In verses 10 through 16, he says, And the prince of the eunuch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, for the point of your meat and your drink. For why should I see your faces, faces worsen? Worse like the children which are of the sort. Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. The eunuch here is, he's worried about himself. He's not worried about Daniel. He's like, listen, the king, he can kill me. If you are bad, then he might not take it on you, but my, my head's gone. I should be rolling. So he was fearing for his life. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs has set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Prove thy servants. Prove thy servants. That's what we need to do today. We need to do that more than ever. I'm getting ahead of myself, but prove thy servants. I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then 
Let her countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children, and the eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them with this matter, and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of the king's meat and wine that they gave to drink, and gave them pulse. What do we see here? Melzar sees that Daniel's God is better than their God. He sees that because Daniel trusted in God and he wanted the things of God, that God blessed him. And right away, Melzar saw it. When you have something in your heart that is real and God is real, people will see that. And people will see your glow, as they say, your bright light shining about because you have this walking testimony. And they see that and say, well, you know what, that guy's different. There's something different about him. You know what, I, now, not all the times, not all the times, they see it, but sometimes they don't convert. They might not be the same around you, might not talk the same around you or act the same around you, but they know you're different. They know you're different. And the prince of the eunuchs here, he, he, he takes away their food. He gives them what they requested. He gives them what they needed. What did the prince of the eunuch do here? He changed the way he thought and the way he acted around them. He didn't give them the things he was supposed to give them, ordered by the king. Instead, he gave them what Daniel said, I need. So because of Daniel's light and how God blessed him, it changed the way the prince of the eunuchs acted and what he did for Daniel. God can change people. We know that. We know that. God can save. We know that. But how are we living in those situations? Are we going to be that one that's going to be like, I dare to be different. I'm going to press my heart to be different. The way God can bless me so others can see me. Or are we going to be the one that's like, you know what? It's too hard. I can't do it anymore. I'm just going to fill it in. I'm going to go with the crowd. And whatever happens, happens. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. The future generation, mm, you know what? It's okay. I won't be here. That's what Hezekiah did. He's human. He's flesh. It happen to any one of us. It happens to any one of us. One day we might wake up. We might have uh, something wrong with us, an illness. And then you know what? I'd be like, God, you know, that's enough. I, I think I'm done. I think I'm just, you know what? Whatever happens to me, I'm going to heaven. It's fine. I'll just, you know, sit on the sidelines. Uh, the future generation, you know what? God help them. We'll see what happens. What a wrong attitude to have. What a, I mean, I never, I hope, to, I pray that I never get this way because I want, I want people to see me and I want to be a blessing because I want the future generation, as many as I can, to grow up in church and to know the Word of God and know the Bible. If you go, if we go out in Knoxville and knock on doors today, we ask them to know the Word of God, who, who, who Jesus was or Christ was, they would say, uh, I don't know, more than likely. We have that experience here in East Tennessee. East Tennessee, man, the Bible Belt. We have that here. It's sad, but how do we get there? People quit caring. People quit serving. People quit going to church. Quit reading the Bible. That's how we got there. Don't let the torch stop. Don't let it stop. Keep serving. Keep telling your kids about God. Keep keep on going. Keep on going. So as I said, uh, verse 10 through 16, they asked them to prove themselves. Once we are tried, once you are put to the test, once we are put to prove ourselves, will that world see us and we fall and say, ah, I knew it. You know what? I knew what he had wasn't real. When they see that, that gives them all the power to say, you know what, I'm done. I don't need to serve God because they quit. And if they can quit, then it ain't, he ain't real. Ne- I hope that never happens to me. I hope he's like, you know what, Zach's still going. Zach's still serving God, going to church. God's real. God's real. He's worth He's worth serving. I say all the time, he's worth it. The song of this night, thank you for the song of the night. He's worth it. Every single time we, we go through something, whatever, whatever it may be, he's worth it. Because one day we'll set through glory, we'll see his face. And all these problems here we had in the past... <laughs> Forget about them. Forget about them. Won't even matter. Won't even matter. 
So to prove ourselves, I wrote down a few verses here that really stuck out to me. Uh, you don't have to turn. I'm going to read them to you. The first one is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And we all can quote these verses, I'm sure. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present, yourself about, that ye present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What? Prove. Look at that word. Prove. It's not there for any kind of It's there for a reason. Prove. You might say you want to live right. You want to change and not live like the world. But when it comes down to it, are you going to prove that you're different? I hope I can. Daniel did. I hope I can. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 21-23. Uh, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray you your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming one day, but how are we going to meet him? Are we going to meet him ready, serving God, living life like we should? Or are we going to meet him one day ashamed of the way we're living? Like, you know what? We fell off the track. We didn't serve God to the end. When he comes back and gets us, our life, we have a lot to be ashamed about for sure. I have a lot to be ashamed about anyways. But God saved me from those sins. They're all washed in the blood. They're all washed away. They're not there anymore. They're all forgiven. From this point forward, from today until he comes back in the rapture, will I, my life, be pleasing to God? Or when he comes back and I see him, that I'll be ashamed that I, I failed you. I quit serving. I quit going to church. I quit preaching. I pray that never happens to me. I don't, I, I don't know the future, but I do know that it's real. I do know it gets hard, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and he's worth it all. He's worth it all. Prove yourself. Prove yourself. Ask God. That's one of the best things we can do. The best thing we can do is ask God to prove us. I know it's hard. More than time, likely he will prove us. But he does things to encourage us, to strengthen us, to make us better. He gives us that those, it's those trials and tribulations to strengthen us. Not to break us. Sometimes he does have to break us. He does have to break us sometimes. That's how strong he is. But he gives us these things because he loves us. And he wants to make us better. So when they happen to us, don't question God. Don't say, why, God, Why? And says, thank you, God. Now, please help me. Give me strength to get through this. Because I cannot do it without you. When our strength is the lowest and the weakest, that's when he steps in. And that's when he picks us up. That is an encouragement to myself today. I, I love I love how he's always there. And his strength is never failing. His strength is never failing. So, uh, the three things I'm going to look at tonight is when we do prove ourselves, when we do make ourselves different to this world, the first thing that happens is other will see. The prince saw Daniel. The second thing that happened is in verse 17 to 20. And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king has said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before the Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. In all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. God bless them. God bless them. You want to bless life? Prove yourself, purpose yourself, work for God, serve God, love God, live for God. That is how we have a blessed life. So not only others will see that life, but God will bless us. I want to bless life. I'm already I'm blessed beyond measure, guys. I am so blessed just to be right here tonight. Oh man, oh man, it makes me happy. But I want God to bless me more because I want to bless him. 
I want to please him. We have camp coming up this week. Uh, fun fact, I've never done a church camp before. This is my first church camp. I like to sleep in a nice 66-degree room in a nice big bed. I like it. I like to walk to my bathroom in five steps. I'm not going to get that. I don't like mosquitoes. <laughs> They're going to. They like me a lot. It's not going to be comfortable. Look at Daniel, though. This is going to be, I mean, to think any way at all I could suffer like Daniel did, maybe one day I will. Pray to God I don't. But these, these missionaries we see on the field that are working and serving and pushing and going forth for God, they're not living in places like we are. America's a blessed, blessed nation. We have it great here. Which was better? For sure. But we have every reason to not give up. Because it could get worse. It might get worse. It will get worse. But will it ever be to a point to where we're like, I'm done? Too much. I pray that God never gets us to that point because if we quit on God, how shameful would that be? How shameful would that be? So God, he blesses these boys. And lastly tonight is my main point, And I, I love this right here. At verse 21, it says, And Daniel continued even at the first year of King Cyrus. Because, God, because Daniel stayed in love with God, didn't defile himself, purposed himself to live for God, God continued with Daniel. He stayed with Daniel. He didn't leave him. He didn't forsake him. Daniel kept going. He didn't quit. God helped him. God gave him strength. Because Daniel couldn't do it on his own. God was with him. God's with us. If we want him with us, if we want him to be with us, if we search after, seek him, and let him dwell in our hearts and our homes, God will keep, keep us and give us strength. Daniel purposed in his heart to live for God. Are we going to purpose in our heart are we going to let these things get us down? Or are we going to prove ourselves and say, God, you're worth it, man. You are worth it. Whatever it comes, whatever comes, I'm not going to quit for you. I'm not going to quit for you. So, to me, Daniel, he had every reason to quit. Every single reason to quit. But he didn't. Do you have something in your life that's affecting the way you're living? That's affecting the way you're thinking? Your job, your your home life, your 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 uh, health, and I, I I I sympathize and I understand and I really can't put into perspective some things I went through, I have gone through. But is it enough to make us quit serving God, to quit worshiping God, to quit the house of God? Is it enough? I don't think there's anything. Anything. I think he's worth it. He came to this earth. He died for our sins. He rose from the grave for the third day. He paid the ultimate price for our sins. Because of he loved me, my Savior died. On the cross was crucified. He loved us that much, guys. He loved us that much. And I love him. I love him tonight. I know you all know it, but I want the purpose in my heart and to prove myself to this world to know that they know that I love God and he's worth it. Because he is. He is. So... If you're saved, you can purpose in your heart tonight. You can do it right now. If you haven't already, you can do it right now and purpose in your heart that, God, you're worth it. From here on forward, I may have failed you in the past. I may have done things in the past, but from here on forward, until you come back and I see your face, and what a day that's going to be. What a, Man, I can't wait. We'll 
I'd be ashamed to see you, or I'd be like, Lord, I did my best. I did all I could for you. I hope you're pleased with it. I know it's never enough to serve you, to get, to, to, to thank you enough, because I can never do enough to thank you. But I want to be like, Lord, I love you. I did all this hoping to please you. And I want him to look at me and say, well done, you know, well done. I don't want to be there be like, Lord, I'm sorry. I failed you. I quit. I quit serving. I, I quit. Why quit? Keep going. Keep the faith. Stay faithful. And uh, if you're lost tonight, I have, even better, I have great news for you. If, you. if you're here lost tonight, I have great news. Tonight could be the night you purpose in your heart to live for Christ, to accept him in your heart. And from here on forward, from this day forward, whatever you did in the past, whatever sins you did in the past, he will wash them away, and they'll never be remembered ever again. And you can live your whole life from here on forward more joy than you can control. Sometimes you, sometimes you get so filled up that you can't control it. You just gotta let it out. And people are like, "What's he? What is wrong with that?" I, I don't know. I can't help it. I'm so filled up. I can't help it. Oh man! But it's a good. It's great. It's great. When God fills you up, you just can't just. So if you have it into this, if you're looking for things in this world that's not pleasing, that's not giving you what you need to fill your life up, there's a better thing out there. There's nothing out there. It's nothing out there. It's right here. This is better than all you can imagine in this world. Riches, silver, diamonds, gold, whatever it is. Life with Christ is the greatest thing you can ever have. Ever have. Let's bow tonight. As the musician comes, please, we'll play an invitation. Uh, I appreciate you guys. God's given me this. I thank you for how you listened and your attentiveness. I just... God is so worth it. No matter what happens, whatever comes, he's so worth it to not quit. And as Daniel did, he purposed in his heart. He, he went into slavery. He had no, no other reason to not give up other than God, his Lord. We have reasons to keep going. God's our reason. His son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, he's our reason. So I, I, I encourage you tonight to not give up. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to serve you tonight, Lord, just to be here in your house. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for the word of God, God. I thank you for the scriptures. I thank you for blessing me and for, for helping me, Lord, giving me strength. And Lord, help me, God, to go on. Help me to go on. Bless this invitation. May it honor and magnify your name. We ask all these things. Jesus, now pray.